Hey, there we go. I just had an idea, an apostrophe or an epiphany or whatever. Uh, <laughs> an apostrophe. <laughs> or a mushroom or a Alienation version 2.0. I am Dan, and this is episode number 47. With me, as usual, is Jake. Say hi, Jake. Hi, boys and girls. And of course, Nicholas is with us. Hello. What's Nicholas. going on, guys? When do we go to his full name? I don't know. I just, it just felt right tonight. <laughs> I just went with it. it he must right. be in trouble or something. <laughs> yeah. Nicholas. So, what's going on, guys? What's, uh, you know, a uh, big week? coming up yeah it is and you're just a bastard jake that's all i gotta say i am i am of course we're talking about urcha fun jake's going to urcha urcha and i've got this really unnatural aggressive hatred for you right now and i just yeah i just don't know what to do with it yeah i'm jealous i'm a little jealous i must admit so when are you leaving to urcha i am leaving tuesday morning yeah. Really early. Yes. And I will be out there Tuesday evening and then I will be there for the duration. I'm coming back Monday. Oh, man. What a dick. Isn't he a dick, Nick? Absolutely. Jeez. It's a whole floppy one, too. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> that's what your that's what your boyfriend Chris told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, here it goes. All right, Nick. Yep. So we're, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna shun Jake for a little. We'll get back to Jake's Urcha trip. But you know what? Fuck Jake right now. I mean, really, Urcha. What a dick. <laughs> what have you been doing, Nick? Um, let's see. A little bit of flying, actually. Yeah, I got out of work early today. That's right. Got lucky. It was a little slow, so I said screw it. I'm out. Nice, beautiful day. Got I don't know, twelve, thirteen flights, something like that. In. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's nice. a. It's a lovely thing when you, when you're working on your house and got a kid and a only semi understanding wife to get thirteen flights in in one day is an act of God. Thirteen in one day. So what time did you hit the field? Two o'clock. Wow, you busted them out one after the other. Back to back to back. Must have been a nitro day for you. No. What? No. Some of us uh, ballers. Come out to the field prepared. <laughs> sitting there rocking Did you the just call yourself character. a baller? Oh, I, I went there. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you a shot caller too? That's that's right. Playa. <laughs> no, I got dual eye chargers and the, the generator and those charging those Gen Zace packs at five C I get twelve minutes to a charge. Wow, dude. Damn. Crank it. How hot are they when you're done? I mean, really? Uh, you know. <laughs> they they got to be like smoking. Say, I'd heat up a no. sandwich on them. And... No. 
Yeah. No, they're not that bad. I mean, they get they warm up, but then they just kind of settle into a nice, happy medium temperature that they never get above, and it's nothing too crazy. Yeah. Yeah, It's only 160. No big deal. You know. No, they don't even get over probably a hundred, hundred and ten. That's not too bad. No, no, I like that. Just just flying today. That's all you did all week long. Work and fly. Um, I've been putting on the last, uh, the last polishing touches on James's goblin. Oh, that's right. You're still oh, working on you're that. You're still that's playing right. with that, aren't you? You don't want to send it back, do you? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm enjoying flying it. How about that? Well, tell me this. Are you going to send it back to him green? Are you going to repaint yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> send it back to him looking like a T-Rex 700. Just, there you go. <laughs> just get out the rattle can. Here you go. <laughs> paint the boom uh, black. Do the the paint scheme on the front canopy. And yep, there you go. Oh, you should man. sign it, dude. You should sign it with a sharpie. Nick Lynn, oh, RCHN. That is so dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. No, but um, yeah, I didn't realize for some odd reason I thought that you needed the programming disc on the Contronic. Uh, to activate the auto bailout feature. Even though it says you do in the instructions, I found out that they changed their mind at the last minute before the release, um, and you do not. So got that programmed in midweek, and um, yeah, just wanted to make sure that it was ready to go. I think I'll probably put uh, three, four more flights on it tomorrow or Sunday, and then tear down, box it up, and send it back. So tell us, do you like the Goblin? Yeah, it's a nice heli. It is. It's still got that. Ah. It gives me that that trendy, dirty feeling. Yeah. When I'm carrying it but around, it feels like a, so good. It's like you know, it's like okay. back in the day when someone would let you wear their Billabong shirt or something, or or maybe their OP, their Ocean Pacific. Oh yeah, I'm dating myself <laughs> oh, now. Man. It, it's I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like once you put it up in the air, I kind of forget all about it, and I really enjoy flying. It flies great. I mean, there's there's no question about it. But it's just, uh, you, you know what it is? You want to know the honest truth? Yes. Yeah. Here it is. <laughs> Half of our listener base is going to go, oh my God, I can't believe you just said <laughs> I feel like when I'm walking around, I feel like I'm pretending that I want to be Bert. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and it's like, that's. Not what it's about for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand <laughs> and can accept the fact that probably half of the Goblin ownership base, that's their goal. But that's not quite my goal. <laughs> so it just feels a little bit, that portion of it feels awkward. Come on now. It's kind of like that that one girlfriend that you had, you know, that <laughs> you just love flying pretty hard but then when you're all done it's kind of like yeah i don't really want anybody you just to see you don't me. want to take her around to your friends <laughs> yeah you don't want to really take her around to your friends but you enjoy it while it's going so on. but here's the deal nick i have this on good authority okay. that much like the smack talk um the little car that that bert and those guys made chicken wings on the roof of that thing right mm-hmm. i have it on good authority that uh on the ceiling of your bedroom there's a big vinyl of Bert, just like that. <laughs> just a bit hold, <laughs> holding the goblin. Holding the goblin. Oh, man. No, it's 
it's a nice flying heli. I, I've enjoyed the whole experience. It's been great to mess around with the Futaba and, you know, that motor combo with the Scorpion and the Contronic is, is just insane. It's a great flying heli. I just don't know if I could, you know, accept the fact that I would be a part of the bandwagon if I ever had one. So, Jake, why don't you send me one of your goblins so I can fly it? Done. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, you know, you can wait out by your mailbox just like I'm waiting for the nitro. <laughs> you know, that's funny you should bring that up because I actually had a dream two nights ago, Jake. And that's right. You are in my dreams, buddy. I oh, had yeah. a dream. <laughs> I had a dream that I showed up at your house to go flying up on your hill that I've never seen. Right? Uh-huh. And I came bearing gifts. I had yeah. a nitro for you. Don't remember what it was. I just remember it was a nitro helicopter and I handed it to you. And I said, there you go, you son of a bitch. Probably a Robo shuttle. <laughs> it's probably that. Probably was that Raptor thirty. Anyway, uh, that's all right. We can do something with that. <laughs> that's no, what. that's. I think that's all. Oh, I did get. Man, I gotta learn. I, I've got to learn to say no. I really do. Yeah, I, just, I need to. Uh, guy came up from somewhere down south by Seattle, and somehow now I have a stretched six hundred AP. Heli in my basement. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To so, work on or like what? What's this yeah, for? Yeah, just to check it out. He's uh, more of, he's on the photography end and it has been flying quads and doing small, you know, videos, you know, just kind of like amateur cinematography yeah. and some real estate aerial photography. And so he, uh-huh. this is his first. Nice. Heli. And it's going to be interesting. Well, I've decided that my my um, hatred for Jake and my anger has subsided. So go ahead, Jake. Tell us. Give us your plans, man. What's happening at Urcha? What are you going to do there? Oh, I see. You don't even care what I've been doing. Just what <sighs> well, I'm going to be doing. Exactly, because I'm pretty sure you haven't been doing much. This is true. <laughs> Can read you like a book, brother. <laughs> Can read you like a book. I don't know. I'm going to be uh, wandering around doing stuff. Some interviews. Um, yep. I'll be trying to do some interviews. I, I stress the trying. Um, We're going to put Jake's skills to I- the test at Urcha. We're going to see how yeah. well he can procure interviews. Quality interviews. We'll see if we can Yikes. get him to bust out of that shell a little bit. <laughs> see, I'm trying to remember what's on the schedule for Urcha. There's a couple... Um, workshops that i want to go to yeah it's in the show yeah. notes yeah here's Is your it? news guy helping you out <laughs> well uh, that that's great and all except i can't open the show notes while i'm on <laughs> skype so suck it yeah that's all right uh, well <laughs> well uh we look forward jake to having you come i know you you probably won't be on the show next week you're gonna be and we don't feel sorry for you because of that yeah yeah, actually, yeah. there's a few few listeners that have contacted me that said they want to catch up with me while I'm there. Well, so do it absolutely, and bring your hotspot. We never know; we might be able to to Fuck work that. something out. I'll have I'll have like real internet because I'll have the hotel internet. Oh, there we go. Let's let's do something. We'll <laughs> it's figure that out. Messed up when you get excited for hotel internet. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, that is bad. <laughs> so, what have I been up to? Well, gee, guys, thanks, yeah, what, thanks for asking, guys. Hmm. Well, I haven't so, been three thousand been, feet. <laughs> I haven't been flying a whole lot this week. No, no, nah, I was. Uh, hey, you know how it is, doctors and whatnot. 
couple days of dealing with that crap kind of put me down for a little bit. So our club is having our fun fly this weekend. And I want you guys to know the sacrifice that I made for you two to, to leave the fun fly this evening amongst all of the, the fun and brotherly connection and, and camaraderie that just does not happen at my field. Yeah. And, and the, the crotchety plankness. <laughs> and subsequently wasn't happening tonight. No, I, I came home because there's nothing going on. <laughs> and we had to record a show. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, so I, I did go flying this morning. I don't want to give you guys any details yet, but I will tell you. I got actually got a, I got a, I got a pop quiz question for you. And we won't go. Jesus. I swear to God, my dog is dying. Can you guys hear that? I heard something. Yeah. Speaking of, where, where's Crooked Head? We haven't heard from her in a while. I don't know where she's at tonight, but don't jinx me. <laughs> but I will have a, I have a question. I have a pop quiz kind of a question for you two. What happens okay. when your S-bus cable disconnects? <laughs> you crash. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into any details yet, but I will say that the 600 that I had for two years and nearing 500 flights has finally met its demise. It's no longer with us. No longer with us. May it rest in many <laughs> So that's really what, I, you know, this week I did go flying earlier in the week and um, one thing did happen today that kind of pissed me off. I've talked about it in shows past. She who must be yep. obeyed at the field. Oh. And all that shit that went down with Dwayne and. Yep. And it's been a while since I've talked about any of that because frankly it's boring shit, right? And it happens at every club. Nothing special yep. here. Yep. So I'm talking, I'm sitting there. Okay. I set up my canopy. My, my shit, all my helicopters on the table. The president of the club sits under my canopy, starts talking to some guy who is a member but only shows up twice a year about all this shit that happened prior. Okay. <clears throat> and they go, they go on and on and on. And finally, I just said, look, can you guys not talk about Dwayne in front of me? When I, I mean, I'm right here. And the president looked at me and said, well, then you best be moving along then. He's sitting under <laughs> my canopy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and wow. I thought, and I actually raised my voice and I said, you know what? I can be an asshole too. And I said, I'm just asking you to not talk about Dwayne if I happen to be in your general vicinity. Doesn't seem like that big of a request. That's the kind of club I'm in, guys. Yikes. That's a lot of fun, isn't it? Isn't it funny? Oh, yeah. Some Doctor Phil all up in the <laughs> Doctor Phil. Yeah, we need a big group session, big group love fest. I don't know. Damn dirty plankers. <laughs> Damn dirty plankers. Hey, there we go. I just had an idea, an apostrophe or an epiphany or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> an apostrophe <laughs> or a mushroom or a marshmallow. <laughs> Uh, we can call it Damn Dirty Plankers, and people can record their uh, complaints about the plankers at their field and send it in to us, and if it's good, we'll put it oh, on the show. Oh, that's a great idea, Jake. Yep, there you go. That's the title, <laughs> Damn Dirty Plankers. All right, guys, so there you go. There it is. Okay, I'm going to actually extend this a little bit. We obviously want you to record something, send it to us, 
But if you're nervous about that, which we find a lot of people are, you can email me the story and I'll read it if it's good enough. Yes. But let's hear your damn dirty planker stories. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is damn great. I love it. Jake, every now and again, what? I swear to God, you just lay down this incredible nugget of awesomeness. It's, it's rare. Nuggets. It's rare. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and nutritious. Alrighty, guys. Well, I think it's time we go into some news. News. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. Somewhere on the other side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout or just dumb thumbs? One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life? Helipros.com This is Brian with RC Aerodyne. You're listening to RC Heli Nation version 2.0. Guys, let me tell you something. Dan loves long moonlit walks on the beach, the smell of nitro in the morning, and things that go boom. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? Alrighty, so Line has... um a new DS6 series of servo to complement the high-voltage one for all of those who can't afford or do not want um, the new high-voltage ones available. I guess they've got they've got like two kit options uh, for the 700 EDFC kit. You can buy it in HV or non-HV. So these would kind of be the newer, more modern predecessor to like the DS610 and the DS650. So... I know some people were like, oh, who's going to buy those crazy high-voltage ones? They're ridiculous in price. Well, here you go. You can still get And, I mean, I've had good luck with the DS610s in the past. They've always been a really good servo for the buck. So if these are better and they're ballparking the same price, then I think it's a win-win. And the DS, the, the high-voltage servos are essentially the high-voltage Savox servos, right? Correct. And they, they're high-amp draws. Correct. And people's shit is blowing up for using them. That is correct as well. I don't know about that. Yes, but you're not using a BEC. I am using a BEC. Yeah, well, you even told us about the high amp draw. Yeah, supposedly. I haven't had any problems. Oh. All right. Yeah, so well, okay. So if you are concerned about it, then you can pick up this nifty little tool called <laughs> yes, an onboard yeah. servo power analyzer. Um, it is made by a company called Safety Master. You plug it in inline, and it does all sorts of cool monitoring to your receiver back voltage. Uh, it'll give you peak amps. Um, let's see, minimum voltages from your flight. So if you're worried about it and you want to rest all of those concerns, pick one of these up, um, throw it on there, do all the check, and then pass it along to your buddy or something. Nice. Yeah, so that's kind of nice. I mean, I, there's been a lot of... I've even hesitated on some stuff. I, I usually switch over. If I'm going to switch brands of servos, I'll switch over to a receiver pack 
for the first dozen or so flights just to get an idea on, on milliamps. That's another thing. If you're kind of concerned about it, get an idea about how many milliamps you're pulling out of a receiver pack per flight. And that can kind of give you a decent little concept of it. Um, like <laughs> in my whiplash, I've got Futaba, the BLS 451s, and then I got the new high voltage 256 on the tail. And with a receiver pack running everything at straight 2S, I put back in about 140 milliamps of light. Huh. That's it? Yeah, that's it. It's insane. Nice. And I was now on my 700, same exact flight, same length. I put back in about 450 milliamps. Uh, that's about where I'm at with my 700. Yeah. yeah. So big difference, um, but this is kind of a cool little deal you can put on there to... to uh, Easier concerns. Easier. So, Urcha, obviously, Jake, Dick, going to Urcha. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put up um, the event schedule for everyone on the show notes. Uh, there's a, man, there is a ton of stuff going on. The, the seminars are probably, I mean, I would love to go watch, you know, some of the pro pilots, but a lot of these seminars would be really neat to see. I mean, they're just, yes. they're all over the place. Um, yep. Manager Aircraft's putting one on. Uh, Carrie Shirley's putting one on for the gassers. Uh, Skookum's putting one on. I think yep. Castle's put. I mean, just every big name is going to have their own seminar. And that would be really, really neat to hear those, you know, those cool tricks straight from the manufacturers. Yeah. Not to mention the, the giveaways are going to be insane. Yeah. Um, Power okay. RC Hobbies, they're giving away a loaded ballistic. I mean, this thing is packed full. Nothing but the highest quality. Should be an incredible kit. Miniature Aircraft went above and beyond and yes. put together a custom yep. Urcha Edition gasser. Yep. I mean, it's got Urcha 2012 etched on the boom, on the air cleaner housing. This thing is pimped to the max. Um, I don't want to take uh, any thunder from anybody, but uh, yeah, yeah, we know. I, I, we gave know. Him, I gave him that idea. <laughs> yeah, that was all you. <laughs> I think the air cleaner was all my all me, because I was there and I said, "Hey, put RCHN on that for me." And then all of a sudden, they're doing it to that. Bam! There uh-huh. you go. That was it. So they'll be giving those away. There's just going to be a ridiculous amount of giveaways. So if you're going, don't forget about those. Don't get too caught up in the flying because check out the seminars. Make sure you get signed up for all the giveaways, and hopefully, you'll walk away with. Let's something, be honest. Urch, Urch is really not about the flying anymore, is it? No. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I don't think so. Urch is about going to hang out with all your heli buddies that you don't ever see but once a year and to see all the cool new shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a big muscle flex, you know, for all the manufacturers. Uh, <laughs> we got this, we got that. and I think the average Joe, especially maybe because of the temperature, you know, usually it runs on the hotter end. Yeah. So it's just not a big deal if you don't get as many flights in as you would at a normal fun fly. And with the length of it, the length of the flight line, I mean, geez, you know, you you do spend half the day just driving around back and forth in a golf cart. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it looks like um, at Urcha, Chimp Systems, Bobby Watts, his company deal, they're going to have a new grippy called the yes. Redneck Grippy. It's got a 10, 8, and 9 millimeter uh, one-way bearing in it for uh, 10, 8, and 9 
uh, millimeter feathering shafts. And then it also has, nice little addition, an adult beverage opener on the end of it. <laughs> yes, it does. And it's so, camo. when you're sitting there cussing and swearing at your heli that you just drove into the dirt and trying to get those feathering shafts pulled <laughs> loose, you can stop and say, oh, wait, I got this. Reach over, grab your cold beverage, crack it open, then get back to work. Fantastic. Yeah, awesome. so they'll have those there. Um, let's see. Tony Whiteside did a great time-lapse video of the new Rush 750. Um, so you guys can check that out. I think it's the first one that I've seen so far. Uh, turned out really nice. Gives you a good idea what's going on with that. Should be a pretty exciting heli, and it's nice that they're actually out there now. I mean, been waiting a long time. And then on the record area of our sport um it looks like a new fai world record so let's see f5 open duration electrical rc helicopter that i think is the the technical term for it but for to dumb it down a little bit someone set the new world record for how long you can fly with an electric helicopter yep at one hour 46 minutes and 22 seconds Wow. I would have crashed it just because I was bored. Yep. Raph is a friend of the show, by the way. A lot of you guys probably don't remember this because it was on the first version of the show. Raph came on. He's the creator of the uh, Heliport software, which is uh, it's for you electric nerds. You know, it's got like tack and battery calculators and blah, blah, blah. Mm hmm. <laughs> but he's been on the show before. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's the previous record was one hour, 17 minutes and 17 seconds. So they blew it clean yep. out of the water. Yep. I mean, that's that's just impressive, impressive efficiency. So we'll have a link up to that too. Go check it out because you can kind of go back and follow up everything that's going on. Yeah. I think that's about it. Everything else, urcha, urcha, urcha. Wait Everyone a minute, ready wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? I cannot believe... You're not going to talk about the link I put on our show notes about da, that da, da. incredible flight at Heli's over Delaware. I haven't even watched oh, it Oh, dude. This flight is amazing. All right. I, I, um, I don't remember the pilot's name, but by the time you guys are listening to this, we'll have a link in the show notes. Okay, so these guys, they fly over a soybean field. So okay. your buddy, uh, the whiplash guy, Art, was there, yep. Yep. right? Yeah. And this other guy, I don't know. I can't remember what he was flying on a line. Maybe a whiplash. I don't remember. He brought his helicopter down into the soybeans. It disappeared. It popped up 10 or so feet later. Wow. And it was just wrapped in soybeans. And the head speed picked <laughs> back up. And he continued to fly. <laughs> nice it was like it went like a like you know in the uh jet skis they do their little jumps and they go underneath the water and they yeah. pop it was just yeah. like that it is pretty impressive like, wait for it wait for it <laughs> <laughs> new trick submarining when i do that it never comes back out though i just wait for it. <laughs> i don't i don't know that he was thinking it was going to come back out either but it was completely a gone out of sight Oh my gosh, I just watched that. Isn't that incredible? Oh, that was a uh 
That was like a bean field uh, skid bump. A big one. <laughs> Epic. Epic skid bump. That is incredible. Is it like a one I, minute and 14 seconds into that video? I never get that lucky. Incredible. That was, dude, that was not a skid bump. That was just flat out plowing. Yeah. yeah did you see how much shit was on the helicopter when he came up outside? Yeah, he lost the tail and everything when it was done. <laughs> it was so much. The head speed was so low. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That was awesome. All righty, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Hey, guys. Jake here. As most of you know, I've been flying the SAB Goblin 700 for a while now. With its unique and modular design, it's proven itself to be a rugged, reliable, and agile machine. That combined with its high visibility... It's been a great learning platform for me to grow my skills. To find a dealer in your area, check it out at goblin-helicopter.com. I'm impressed with this machine. I think you will be too. All right. So this week, we're going to talk crash. Crash egg. It kind of falls into line because, you know, we're doing the crash thing with the Progressive RC charging case. Which, by the way, yep. thank you for the submissions and the pictures are just awesome. Yes, I'm actually going to put a collage together and make a YouTube video, and just kind of roll through them. It's really kind of neat to see these crashes. But I do want to say one thing, guys. Although I like the fact you guys are putting these on our Facebook page, please email them to me and put them up on the Facebook page. But please email them to me. That's the only way you're going to get entered. But crashes. So I mentioned earlier. The, um, what happens when you, your S bus comes up. Yeah. When you remember to, when you uh, don't goop your connectors, (laughs) when you goop everything except the S bus Uh (laughs) and see, look, let's face it up until about the beginning, end of last year, this year, I really wasn't flying my helicopters. I, I still don't fly them hard, but I fly them a hell of a lot harder than I used to. So I never really dealt with wires coming loose and uh well <laughs> so nick kind of admonished me um at heli pros and i kind of gave him shit for it i'm like dude i've never had one of those things come loose <laughs> god you're Broke so worried one, dude so anyway i'm uh i don't know four or five well i flew quite a bit today actually i don't know how many flights in i'm four or five gallons into flying <laughs> I was uh, pretty much hanging out on the um, on the 600 today because um, I had a muffler on my 700, a, a, a two-piece muffler bracket disappeared in flight a couple days ago. <laughs> so I haven't been able to fly that. And I was in the process of putting a, a cheap outrage pipe on my, on my 700 while I wait for a, a good one to show up. And so I was busting out uh, the 600 and trying, you know, th- like Nick said many episodes ago, when you're flying in front of plankers, it doesn't take a lot to impress them. And Good so, story. you know, I was, I don't know, not, not nothing serious. I know I'm, I'm out there and um, I go to spin the tail around and bring it back at me and um, nothing, nothing's happening. And I thought, well, maybe it's because it's too far away and I just didn't see it. 
I didn't worry about it. And then I noticed it's starting to drift. It's nose to me. And it's starting to drift to one side. And I go to correct. And nothing's happening. Uh-huh. And then I make a Don't qu- got it. Don't got it. I made a quick, like real big, quick movement just to see it move, you know, because I haven't, I wasn't nothing. And it just is on its way down. You know how they just kind of slide once they stick, start going to one side. Uh-huh. And so I'm like thinking, well, I better hit throttle hold. I did quite high. And I thought, well, how could I lose radio? I hit throttle hold. And it worked. So after it goes in, I'm like, I'm thinking, did I just like totally like lose my mind there and let my helicopter crash because I thought you it wasn't doing over something? That part, by the way, you just kind of went. So after it went in, no, I want to know, like, paint the picture for me. Did it bounce? Well, I will, but let me. I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm filling in the details prior to that. Uh, you know what? What's going through my mind after it crashed? I, I mean, I'm like, did I just lose my mind? Did, did it was did I just let my helicopter crash because I hit throttle hold? So I hit throttle hold. It shuts off or goes into hold. Uh-huh. And this huge, I mean, there are, I don't know how many plankers. And I heard this collective gasp. <gasps> <laughs> and looked out, over, out at the far side of the sound. field. Yeah, at the far side of the field, this, this bone jarring crunch. And this huge dust cloud just, boom. You know, like when they blow, like they knock the big buildings down and shit? Yeah, that's what it felt like. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Oh, my God. What happened? What happened? And I said, well, I think I lost radio. And in my mind, that what was happening was a servo connector came loose because I was able to hit throttle hold. So that means I still had radio signal. Right. So then I'm like, well, I don't know how that could be because I shoo all that shit. And we get it back and put it on the table, and I'm looking, and I can't find what in the hell happened. I'm thinking, oh, great. Now I've switched everything over to Futaba, and I've, now I have a radio casualty. <laughs> and I'm just kind of looking at it and looking at it, and and I'm looking, and I see, a, I see that there's a loose connector. And I'm looking at what the hell is that? And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that explains it. <laughs> S-Bus is out. Of course. I didn't have any aileron, any rudder, nope, no collective. So I powered it all on. I powered it up again. And the only servo that is working it's the throttle. was the throttle. And that's plugged into your receiver and not your fly wireless. <laughs> right. It's, it's going through my receiver nice. and not through the fly wireless. So. Uh-huh. Dun, dun, dun. <sighs> Dead six hundred, but that's that's yep. okay because I have another one. <laughs> you do. <laughs> so here we are. We're we're crashing. This is what we do. We fly these helicopters and yep. they crash. We all go and I through. I crashed it. a couple weeks ago. It's not a big deal, right? We deal with it. It happens. Uh, I it, think it is funny you mentioned the plankers though, because to them it's like the end of the world. Oh, absolutely. And, Those guys and, just like oh oh. I- <laughs> Oh, sorry. oh, geez, do you do you need a shoulder? Yeah, because I'll be there for you. And it's, you're like, dude, it's what we do. It's, <laughs> it's it's funny. Did you say that because you feel like you have to console them after you crash? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need to explain to you how it's okay, and I expect it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I'll move on. I know you're not gonna. 
but I will. Well, see, the funny thing is, guys, is is at first it really was bothering me. I'm like, what is going on? Is this receiver no good? And this is kind of what we want to talk about. I mean, because we go through these processes, and I think the most frustrating thing about a crash is when you don't know why it happened. I can tell you after doing some looking and realizing it was the S-Bus, this, this huge cloud of, I mean, it just lifted away. I just was felt relief because now I know why I crash. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't mechanical error. It wasn't radio error. It was stupid pilot error. And that's okay with me. I'm just glad no one got hurt. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have to go through this step. We have to go through these processes. And I think, you know, especially for you Spectrum guys, when you do crash, and this is something I can't get the plankers in my field to understand, the first thing you need to do is when you walk up on your machine, you need to look at your receiver and see yeah. what it's doing Yep. before you pull the battery out. So let's talk a little bit first about the mental side of crashing, how it affects you, should you continue to fly, uh, if you've got another machine, should you, should you pack it up and call it a day? What do you do, Nick, when you crash? Is, it, is that it for you for the day? Uh, no. I keep flying. <laughs> no. Definitely <laughs> I'm stubborn no. like that. I'm really stubborn. So I'll grab another one. Let me, let me throw... It, what, if, what, if, what if you're not sure... Do you, if you don't know why you crashed, does that stop you from crashing for fear that you might have an issue with some of your equipment? No, because if I crash the second one in the same way, then I know it's... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Trial by fire. Go. Yeah, ready, set, go. No, I I just try and get right back on. And I guess depending why I crashed. If I had a mechanical failure, I'll get back out the next flight and it like nothing happened. I mean, because it is what it is. It wasn't my fault. Even if I if I misassembled something or forgot to put Loctite on this or screw backed out, that wasn't my piloting skills fault. That might have been because I'm a dumbass and I didn't build it right. Right. But it, it's not because I piloted and did something wrong. I didn't dump them in. Now, if I dump them one in, I will get back up and fly, but uh, I definitely take it easy to, to help regain that confidence. But I will continue to fly as much as possible that day just to try and get over it mentally. So I guess it kind of depends on why I crash, you know, will we'll dictate how I deal with it. Right. And before we ask Jake, right. I just wanted to comment on one thing. For, for me, if, if, I, if I know it's a pilot error, like, like I literally totally lost orientation and it went in, doesn't affect me at all. I, I could fire up the next helicopter immediately and go to flying. But That's if I, pretty good. If I don't know what caused it, like this crash, I didn't go back to flying because I had to know what caused As soon as I realized what it was, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm good to go. I can go ahead and put the 700 up now. And know that there's not a problem with my radio. Did I did it did it get you know? Did I drop it? Did I run over it? Did I kick it? You know, <laughs> did something happen to it? Uh, so, but once until I know what the cause of the crash is, unless it was an actual dumb thumb, I have a hard time flying. What about you, Jake? What do you think about that? Oh, oh hold on Be- before we go too far into that. Have you ever had a crash from scooter motor interference? <laughs> 
But you know, it's funny you should ask that because actually I have this routine. You know how you, we've, <laughs> we've talked to guys about um, what do you do? You set, you know, you know, some guys always clasp their radio from the right side. Some guys, uh-huh. here's, here's what I do. When, after I start the helicopter, I back to the flight line, right? Uh-huh. I swivel my seat if it hasn't, if it's not. I reach over and I turn the scooter off. It's it's automatic because my fear is if I'm flying and whatever, sometimes you get body English into flying, you know, you lean a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> my fear is that I'm going to maybe get my shoulder or my elbow up a little and I'm going to hit the, the reverse forward buttons. And imagine how yeah. fucked up that could, could get. <laughs> so no, I've never had any scooter interference crashes well <laughs> no while i would feel horrible if that happened god damn that would be funny yeah <laughs> it, it would. would be i could, I could just, just. <laughs> it, it bucks you off. it's happened to me before dude like i was um and it hurts your ego more than anything now in my condition it's um my i if i hit the ground it's uh, it's scary i mean it just is and um I was at our club one time and, uh, you know, I swivel, my seat swivels on this scooter. And if you swivel it too far towards the back, you got to be careful if you lean back in the seat because it'll not only turn the scooter on, but it'll turn the wheel. Oh, (laughs) so I was doing that one day and I was kind of off balance and it, it literally like just bucked me off. And, Everyone's like, Dan, Dan, are you all right? Are you all right? And I'm like, well, I think my ego is hurt a little bit more <laughs> than my body right now. So, yeah, I'm all right. But anyway, Jake, so now that you got the scooter question out of the way, yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, when you crash, what happens? What's going through your mind? Um, well, like Nick said, it depends on the crash. I mean, if it's equipment failure, is it electronics or is it mechanical? Or is it just me being stupid? Does one... Like my last crash... Last crash, that was just me being stupid. Does that's one uh, affect you worse than the other? I mean, will one stop you from flying where the other one won't? Um, no, I don't think any of them really stop me from flying. I just grab another one and go, I guess. Sure, why not? You know, what? I had one once stop yeah. me from flying. Cold in my tracks. It's the only, and I didn't even crash. How about that? It was the very first time with my, I had a my first nitro. How about, yeah, here's a real great first nitro to have. Was a Fury Extreme. Nice. Yeah, like the most expensive helicopter on the planet to crash. <laughs> and that was my first nitro with a YS61, baby. The very first time that I did inverted flight. I had practiced on the sim, had done it a little bit, but this time I was going to do a a full, like a circuit, an actual figure eight circuit in front of me. And I kind of went out at a 45 off my shoulder to the left and came back in and kind of corrected turning the wrong way and turned into myself in a way. And it went over my head and stopped like in this 45 degree tail down inverted hover, probably about 15, 20 feet away from people. Scary. 
Yeah, it was yeah, something like abs- that. If I like cross the flight line or something, I think I would probably take a chill pill for you know yeah. at oh, least I a guessed. couple hours. Dude, I guessed. I'd never been tailing inverted before. I guessed. I dug into some collective and picked one direction, and luckily it was the right one. I mean, I don't. It wouldn't have hit anyone, but it was way close. I packed it up. I actually didn't fly for about a week after that. I was so paranoid. Yeah. But if you feel like you've endangered others, it really has a tendency to. To, uh, oh, yeah. Mess with your idea for me. Yep. Yeah. I actually had something like that happen with the 500 when I was first learning uh, circuits and I was having problems with the uh, turning into myself portion of the circuit. 500 came right. It was just like it was, a, it was on a mission, dude. It was like, I'm hunting you down, brother. And it came right at me, went right over the top of my head, about six inches from hitting my trailer. <laughs> I saved it. But yeah, that was scary. Yeah, those are those are the scary things that would really shake me. I mean, as far as just other stuff, as long as it's on the the right side of the flight line, I don't care. I'll fix it and figure out what happened and go on from there. Yeah, you know, it's just you got to get back on the horse. You know, you, you see it on the forums all the time. If if I crash, I'm packing up and going home. Well, nah, nah. Don't be a quitter. Don't be. Don't <laughs> yeah. be that guy. <laughs> all right, so we talked a little bit about the mental side, and that's. That's just something every heli pilot's kind of got to work out for themselves. Um, so let's talk now a little bit about what do you do when you walk up on that scene? And um, I know the first thing I do is when I was flying the Spectrum stuff, I would always look at the receiver. Uh, I'm real anal about making sure I pick up all my parts, mainly because when we crash outside of our field, there's animals out there, especially carbon blades and whatnot. want to make mm-hmm. sure you pick up all that shit. Yep. What do you guys do when you uh, when you first walk up on your scene of impact? For me, well. first thing is check the satellites because I'm a Spectrum guy. Um, very quickly, if not at the same, well, it kind of depends. Like if it's a BEC heli, uh, an electric with a BEC, I'll check the satellites, and then I'll I'll just kind of take a a mental check of the condition of the batteries that's kind of the most important for safety wise. If I've got a pack that's tacoed, immediately everything gets unplugged and I take the packs out of the heli. But if, if the packs look okay and, and I'm not sure what happened or why it crashed, then um, I'll kind of do some diagnostic right then and there before I shut it off just to see what functions work and don't. If I just dumb-thumbed it and put it in, I immediately go out there and unplug everything and pick up my part. <laughs> So what do you do, Jake, when you do that? Um, I pretty much just unplug everything and take it back. I mean, yeah. it, if there's nothing I can't figure out out there that I won't be able to figure out on the bench when I get it back anyways. So right. it might so, take me a couple more minutes. But. So we have the helicopter back on the bench. Yep. Start assessing the damage. You start figuring out how much, uh, how much your PayPal account's going to hate you. Yep. How much your credit card's going to start cussing at you. Yep. Or in some cases, how pissed off your wife is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> or when they write those uh, little notes on the uh, Facebook page, what is that shit-eating grin on your face all about anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, guys, good, we'll refer, refer to that picture that Jake had on Facebook when he uh, put his goblin in a few weeks ago yep. with that big old cheesy grin and his wife was questioning that smile. Yep. All things considered. 
That's that's I need to smile because I need to make it look like it was fun and it's not that bad. <laughs> Actually, it was fun. And it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I need well, I need to smile because I don't want the plankers to have a heart attack. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So and I need to smile because I have a backup sitting right there. So this is the kind of the critical part of of a crash because we need to decide what parts we should replace and what parts are suitable. There's a few things that I generally replace, and I think it's overkill. I don't generally even bother checking the main shaft. I keep them in case I run into a pinch and I can go through them and find one. But generally, I always replace the main shaft and the, and the spindle shaft. Just oh, God, because. not me. Hell what no. Do, <laughs> what, do, you know, what do you guys suggest? I mean, you got to take a close look at the blade grips. What, what should you look at closely after you crash? What are the key things that you should look for? I immediately actually take the whole boom block out. So I separate the whole boom, boom block, um, and I'll, I'll leave like the boom supports on the heli or on the boom clamp, but I'll immediately take it apart right there. Yeah. Why? Because okay. I, I want to be able to, A, closely inspect all the torque tube gears um, or the belt if it's a belted heli, and B, it also gives you a chance to feel how the the whole tail assembly feels separately from the main drive. Right. Yep. Um, and then from there, I kind of just start at the back. I, I actually pop the tail hub off. Cool little trick. That Man, that's a really common one that people struggle with uh, how to check the tail hub to see if it's bent. I, I've, I've fixed dozens of other people's helicopters that had vibration issues and it was bent tail hub. And they it's 500. Check. <laughs> no, that was a tail shaft. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's right. That's right. That was a tail shaft. So I actually pop the hub off. I'll leave the blades on, fold them together, put the tips of the blades together. So fold them all the way together and then spin the tail hub with it off the shaft in your fingers. And you'll feel the blades walking in and out. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's, that's my cool trick. Once I learned how to do that, I was like, whoa, that is much easier. Than doing it. So yeah, just leave the blades on, pop the set screw off, um, fold the blades together, reach down, spin it. Um, from there, I'll actually take the slider and slide it out toward the end of the tail shaft and turn over the tail assembly and kind of hold on to the whole tail um, with your hand, but then just rest a couple fingers um, out there on the, on the actual slider and spin it all over. And it's, it sounds kind of weird, but usually if you close your eyes when you're doing that, so you've got a grip on the slider and the whole rest of the tailcase, and you spin it over, you can feel um, like your thumb and your index finger moving. Um, even though, even if you're not looking at it, as you're spinning the tail, you can feel it moving. Mm -hmm. And that, that's how I actually check the tail shaft. Because a lot of times it's really hard to get them out and like dial indicator or anything. Right. But once I'm good there... Thorough inspection of the gears. Generally, if you didn't strip gears, you don't have to worry about bearings. I usually don't check the bearings in the tail unless I bend a tail shaft. Then I just automatically, then I'll, you know, really put some time into checking them. Uh, pull the main shaft. Check the one-way hub. Been bit on that one a couple times myself. Yeah. After, 
Yeah, after an impact, you think everything's all good, and you go to spool it up, and it spools up, you put it up into a hover, and you go to punch it out, and you just hear, <laughs> <laughs> and then the tail, yeah, it's it's not cool. Uh-huh. So, so check that. Um, I do roll, uh, I do check my main shafts on a piece of, like a mirror, on a piece of glass. Yeah, a piece of glass. Table. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally okay with that. Always check the main shaft bearing. People skip yep. those a lot. Yep. Um, if they generally always shaft, go in a crash, at least yep, the top yep. one. Yeah, exactly. Usually the bottom one's okay on a three bearing setup. Middle one's questionable. Top one's almost a given. Um, same thing for the feathering shaft. Take the blades off. Take the blade bolts out. Um, unclip the two, um, your two top links there, and then fold the the blade grip arms up together and hold the balls together with two fingers and then take a Allen driver and turn the feathering shaft and you'll actually yeah. be able to see okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. the That's balls exactly separate and move back together, separate, move back together if it's bent. Do you want to know how I did that? And it's probably not as accurate as that, but what I usually do is I literally lay my, I hold the other grip in one hand and I lay my pinky right on the, where the, where the blade grip meets the main block so mm-hmm. you can feel it squeeze so I can, a little. It, and then I turn the spindle shaft, and that way my pinky will, will notice the... You, you can't use a finger like your like your pointer finger because you're generally calloused because you use that finger for more things. Yep. It's just like checking the pulse, you know, when you know, yeah, being yeah. a nurse and all. <laughs> checking a pulse. You don't check your pulse, anybody's pulse with your thumb or your forefinger, right? You use your, your uh, ring finger and middle finger. You can feel the difference. It's more sensitive to, t- to the feel. Uh, but I'm going to start doing it that way. That's a, that's a great way. Yeah, it works really cool because when you get those two link balls right up there next to each other, you spin it, you can see any little movement. And you're, you're farther away um, from the center of rotation, that axis. You're the farthest away possible. So it's really obvious to see. I've had a move right. two, mil- two millimeters when you fold them up together, but then when you separate them and you're right. sitting Barely there turning it and just trying to watch the grip, it, it hardly moves at all. You yeah. can't see it. I think Jake was trying to turn that a little dirty. What? That whole using their, your pointer finger thing. Yeah. Well, he's over there talking about rubbing things with his eyes closed, and you're talking about using your <laughs> fingers for various things. What do you want me to do? Dude, I'm a, I'm a registered nurse. You don't want to know. This is true. What I've I used these fingers for. <laughs> yeah, no. La, 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 la. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. We don't have to go there. But all, the, all you guys out there that are married to nurses, or if you happen to be a nurse yourself, trust me, you know. Don't ask. Now, yeah, if you don't want to know, don't ask. Mo- moving back okay. to the actual topic. Um, blade grip bearings. Okay. Say your spindle's fine, but one of your bearings feels a tiny bit notchy. Replace it. I do. I don't fuck around with that stuff. Okay. Uh, do do I mean, you want it, the answer not, that I should tell you? The answer that, <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> I do. I'll, I swear I'll, to God. I'll I, put one on order and then replace it when I remember. Here's the <laughs> deal. I always keep spare blade grip bearings. I swear to God. For that purpose? For that purpose. For that purpose. See, I've I've always just kind of flown them anyways. I'll like, you know, Nick said, order a spare and just fly them anyways. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. Now this it's not this isn't really a crash topic, but since we're we're on the topic of the blade bearings or the grip bearings and whatnot. 
what do you what do you guys think okay so you get a new kit you get a new kit and they put those damn bearings in with a press or something and you mm-hmm. can't get them out mm-hmm. what happens the- if you fly a helicopter without greasing the thrust bearings mm-hmm. eventually or what happens yeah what what's why do we need to grease the thrust bearings well they're gonna they're gonna actually dig in and create little indentations on the thrust bearings eventually now it will eat up the cage yeah you'll you'll eat up the cage it will get to where you're collective like in a hover okay so hover pitch is where you would notice it the most because that's where you're going to spend the most time mm-hmm. get sloppy you'll, things start to yeah, get sloppy it's going to be honestly the bigger the helicopter it's probably going to be pretty tough I mean, it will be tough to notice until it gets like really, really bad because there's so much centrifugal force pulling them out. And then, you know, your servos are really strong. You've got three servos working together. It's going to be pretty tough. But I I have seen uh, 450 class helis where it was obvious. You put it up into a hover and it was almost like the feeling that it gave me was like you were trying to hover with, um, with a planker radio with the little clicker on the throttle. Uh, okay. The, the reason yeah, I ask is because like. uh, when I built the 700, I had to dis- I destroyed the grip bearings, getting them out. Gotcha. See, if they put them in that tight off from the factory, I won't bother because, like, just like you said, you end up destroying them, taking them out. I'll fly them until they get notchy, and then I'll say, okay, well, now I'm committed to destroying them. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I I had to buy another set of I'm like, why did they do this? If they want me to grease it, why did they put them in like that? Anyway, back to the crashing. So they buy miniature aircraft stuff, they come greased. None of that Taiwanese <laughs> hey, stuff. Thanks. That's all. That's yep. uh, Miller Jeff's job there, isn't it? Yep, Miller Jeff greasing up my bearings. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the crashing. So we're we're talking about the the radial bearings on the on the blade grips. Yep. So okay, first of all, how do you guys check? I mean, and I'll tell you how I do it. And you can tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I actually just hold the bearing or hold the grip. <laughs> either okay, either you're strangling some sort of decrepit farm animal in the back room, or your dog has died. Yeah, he's fixing to die. I don't know. Well, I don't know why he insists on doing this in the living room. I don't know. But anyway, because he loves you. So I'm holding the blade grip in my hand, and then of course you got the inner and the, the the outside and the inner bearing. I just yep. I just put my finger in there and I turn it and I feel for I push against it and I feel for notchiness. Yep. Simple as that. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> what? That sounds so horrible. <laughs> Shoot that dog, please. Put him out of his misery. Uh, if I ever make that noise, I, you better shoot me. I'm thinking he needs to cut back to a pack a day. <laughs> Lay off the cube. So, okay, so what about the what about the uh, the inner bearing? The same thing? You put your finger in there, and then you replace it as needed. Yep, yep, pretty much. What, are your, what are your experiences with the crashing? Does it, do you, I mean... I don't know that I, I can't remember the last time I, well, frankly, I haven't been crashing a whole lot, but I don't remember really ever crashing hard enough to do anything to those radial bearings. No, exactly. radials but, are, are pretty tough. I mean, I, I've done some thrust bearings on crashes where I bent the 
feathering shaft, but yeah. All right. Usually yeah. not radial. All right, now, so we're we're to back the main to the main shaft. Okay, main minute. shaft. All right. You know, it, depending on the main shaft, you can roll it on a piece of glass. But what if it's one of those like the Align has, mm-hmm. where it has that ridge built into it where it won't roll flat? This is why I just replace them, boys. See, I just leave them in and and spin the the gear, and you can watch the tip of it. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah. I'll put. I'll actually go. I'll leave it in and spin spin the gear, but I'll I will dial indicate it. You're just a overachiever, Nick. He is. I know. If I if I'm really unsure, I'll take like the um, side of my calipers or something, an edge that I know is perfectly flat, and I'll lay it against it as I spin it. So I can see any gap show up if any gaps yeah, gonna be there. That's exactly what I do as well. We're moving forward in the helicopter. What do we what do we look for next? I mean, you're pretty much uh, you got you're doing going down the drivetrain now at this point. Yep. So the drivetrain's good. Here is my here's my big one. This has caught me. It has caused me a crash. It has almost caused me a crash after it caused me a crash the first time. <laughs> Servo horns, blinds. That is my splines. I was thinking gears. No, those freaking aligned yes. servo horns. Okay. Now, the round ones, like on the 700, 600, they're great. They serve their purpose. It, it makes for a great, you, you know, it, it still stays intact. Usually, you don't bend the crap out of anything on the heli, but the spline strips. However, make sure you recheck it. Yeah. And like turn on the servo, grab the servo horn and try and twist. Put a fair amount of effort into it because I have got one, brought it up into a hover, everything looked good. One pitch pump rolled over on the left side <laughs> crash. It's like, well, uh, that was just a whole bucket of awesome. <laughs> and then bucket. the next one, it was the elevator and I did the exact same freaking thing. Luckily, this time it didn't crash. But I did one pitch pump, and it took off back towards me. Ooh. Scared the ever-living crap out of me. Yeah. And I landed it, like, with full forward elevator to get it to land level. Huh. Yep. Yikes. And I'd, I'd like to say that I swear I'll never do that again. Okay, so let's let's go over. I know, uh, I know Nitro's the kind of the taboo thing. For you electric- <laughs> they're not very trendy, you know. <laughs> they're not. And they're not green either. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about the nitro drivetrain because it's a little bit different, uh, obviously, than the electric. There's a few more parts you got to deal with. Is there anything in particular you should look at um, in the drivetrain, or is that those are those problems going to just be obvious for nitro? Yeah, for a nitro. I don't. Nah. <laughs> How if, obvious if you, would a bent clutch spell be? Pretty obvious. I don't think there it would be. I think it would just break. The- the rest of everything. Well, okay. I usually will not pull the motor um, unless it chicken dance. Right. And then I will. Because if it chicken dance, there's a good chance that you spread the clutch shoes because it over revved. Um, that can just cause a whole different. No chicken dance. What if... Ah, um, I'm not too worried. What if, much like today, the brunt of the impact was on the exhaust and it totally destroyed the exhaust pipe? Then check for hairline cracks where the two bolts go through for the muffler. Good call. Because it'll actually rip the bottom of the engine case off. How do you check the main shaft, or the crankshaft, rather, of the engine? 
uh, for bending or anything like that. How would you check that? Absolutely have to dial indicate it. You take the motor and you clamp it down in a vise, uh, preferably a, a pretty good size steel vise. Clamp the motor down and then set the dial indicator on the flat, like the anvil spot of the vise. Run it up uh-huh. there and then spin the crank around. I have bent one, but <laughs> the rest of the heli didn't make it either. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a last ditch, hoping that this at least this part of the helicopter. Yeah, slide. maybe this will be okay. Yeah. yeah, not so much. What about the what about the bearings in the starter shaft? Those just go out anyway, whether you crash yeah, or not. Especially on the Align helicopter. Oh, yes, my they do. God. I have some out as we speak. You should have heard everyone laughing at me. It's Nahomish. When I want to go out there, shoot autos. I go to fire. I fire out my heli walk out there, start to spool it up. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's so embarrassing. Like, what is Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll just fly through it. It'll be all right. <laughs> I hate that setup. Yeah, I hate that setup. yeah, it's not a good design. They, um, uh, again, I'm going to go off on a tangent because I just have to complain. Now everybody raves about how awesome their Align starters are, and I liked it. And it starts my 50 helicopters just fine. But that jackhammer oh. starter, <laughs> that that thing beats the shit out of starter shafts, and it spun two starters in three days two starter couplers literally cut a half moon shaped gouge around the whole starter shaft pretty cool huh pull out my my sullivan my my big one uh 24 volt smooth fires it right up haven't had any problems with it since yep but anyway that's a whole other story no, I usually, they go out so often and I have to replace them that I don't worry about it with a crash. I, I might use that opportunity to just go ahead and replace the whole damn thing because I know it's going to go out. In yeah. the next end flight I've noticed too that it's a good idea to keep keep an extra one of that, that whole assembly on hand. Yes, yes. Because there's that a, is hey, the one thing that'll keep you from flying. So there's a really good question. Do you guys, uh, I've just kind of recently gotten into that whole trend of not just having like spare parts, but actually building spare assemblies, man, that uh, is a really cool deal. Like it's kind of hard to choke up and, you know, buy the money, but man, what a, what a mentally uplifting thing to come home and literally just slide the tail off and boom, bolt a whole new tail up and know that it's all good. Yeah. And then you I can like rebuild that. the other one. See, look, I got to tell you guys, the one thing I'm really I never really appreciated it. I mean, I understood it. But now that I've got two 700s that I mainly yeah. fly, the fact that you have, and this go, falls right in line with the whole crashing thing, I buy parts for one helicopter. Yep. And But now you can use them on two. And it's it really it is a great feeling. Because, I mean, I, you know, I've been ordering. Anytime I see a line parts in stock, I order them. Because it never fails. Yeah. When you need a part, it's out of stock. It's out of stock. And when you mm-hmm. know that you've got three booms hanging on your wall, you've got two sets of boom braces, you've got bearings to go around, you've got starter shafts, you've got one main frame, one side of a frame or two, if you so happen, which I do now. Um, you know, you've got all these parts. It, it re, well, you know, when it comes to the concept of crashing, it really makes it easier to stomach 
If yeah, yeah, it does. If your budget is a concern, now I know it yeah. sucks to 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 pony up the cash, but see, this is something you can do a little at a time. You can take thirty bucks out of your paycheck, and you can order one or two parts or a bunch of little parts, and just build up this collection of those parts. Start with the obvious: main shafts, spindle shafts, bearings, booms. Yep. The things that you know are going to break, Help but don't him. forget, don't forget the small things <laughs> like um, canopy standoffs. You know how frustrating yeah. is that when you're going to you're like oh I got everything I need and you get there and you're like it's Friday, you're rebuilding everything's closed you're gonna fl- try to fly the weekend you're like oh are you kidding me I need two canopy canopy standoffs. Don't no, let don't. shit Just like fly that. Naked. <laughs> well, I don't do I yeah. Dude, flying without a canopy, I might as well just pick it up and throw it on the ground. Actually, <laughs> with a shovel. <laughs> because that's what's going to happen. Wow. The no, biggest that's... part, guys, with crashing, and you know, you, you see it, you read it on the forums all the time. Just just accept it. <laughs> you know, just, just resign yourself to the fact that your beautiful helicopter is going to end up a heap at one point. A heap. And it's really no, not a big deal. Yep. It really isn't. Because these are tough machines to fly. And if you don't push yourself, and I I can so relate to that now because I'd been flying for a few years, but never pushing myself. I was doing the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> I was having fun. You got good at it, didn't you? <laughs> but I don't know. It's like anything else, you guys. I mean, we're, we're flying these helicopters it's easy to resign yourself. Say, yeah, I just want to fly around in a circle. And that very well may be, but who, who are you kidding, really? Yep. I yeah. mean, you want, you, you may look at those 3D videos. Oh, I don't really ever want to do that. You may not want to do that, but there's some things in there that you do want to do, and that's going to require you to push yourself. Absolutely. Buy one extra. That was the one trick extra. that someone told me. Every time you yep. place an order for anything, like no yep. matter what, what you're buying, if they carry the parts of the brand that you fly, buy one extra little part that you don't need. So let's say you're even be you didn't even crash. You're just ordering up. Ooh, yeah, I think I want to buy this upgrade or that upgrade or you know whatever. Buy one set of skids or buy one tail fin. Yeah, or just something small. Every time you place an order, and pretty soon you'll have one heck of a stock of parts, and it just it doesn't feel like you spent a ton. Right, because that's what hurts about crashing. You know, if you've got a lot of the parts already, what hurts is when you don't, because you, you, have to you know, wait I did. Wait. I, it's like what I did with the. It's not even Jake. It's not even so much the weight. It's the, it's the sticker shock. I mean, because you're going through and you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. I I felt that way with the Gowie, and this is why I never fixed it because I was going through. I'd never stocked up any parts for it. And one day I decided, well, what the hell? Let's let's see where we're at. I got to like three hundred and twenty-five bucks, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think so. So I never I'm did going. fix it. So you know, yeah. And that that brings up a good point too. I mean, if you're just picking out a helicopter, make sure you can afford to repair it. Yeah. Because yeah. If yeah. you spend you know three thousand on a helicopter and you can't afford to to repair it, and you pile it in the dirt, you're done. Yeah, that's always my answer. Like what hell should I get? Get the biggest one that you can afford to crash. Yeah, and also too, you got to consider 
Look, you know, you know, we these guys have been kind of teasing me about being a line fanboy, and it, trust me, it wasn't by design. But I've come to a realization, and you'll see that people are saying like, "Oh, those lines, they're crap." Well, whatever they they might be, but at this point in my flying, where I'm at, where I'm just starting to get myself into strange orientations and and um, doing things that I thought I'd never do, I'm going to be crashing. My my plan is to fly these seven hundreds until. I can absolutely beat the shit out of them without crashing, and then I'm going to consider a higher dollar. More, I guess, higher performance, whatever you want to call it. A, a, a better, if you even want to say that, machine. Yeah. You know, that's what... A Ferrari versus a Focus? <laughs> exactly. I mean, they both get you to the grocery store, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> One has more room in the trunk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You you gotta think about those things. You gotta you know a lot of people look. It's like it's like remember when you were a kid and you went to buy that first car. You're like sixteen, whatever, and you worked all summer to buy it. And you thought, well, the car's seven hundred dollars, whatever. You know, you bought a cheapy, whatever. But then you don't think about. Wait a minute, I'm gonna have to pay insurance. I'm gonna have to buy gas. Yeah, you gotta consider that thing. And you know, a line. Let's face it, you can stop in the middle of the jungle, buy a pack of cigarettes and a tail output shaft. You know, they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> no, it's true. So, and you know, like I said, if it's not a line, it's not mine. <laughs> I, I knew I just had to. I thought we were going to make it through one episode. <laughs> oh, I don't one know how it happened, episode. guys. I've. It's like I've. I have. I have consumed the Kool Aid. Now that doesn't mean that I don't think that there are better helicopters out there. Trust me, I do, and I will have one. And I've had them too, guys. I've had Kasamas. I've had Bergens. I've had. I went I through that you phase. You said you've had better ones. I have. No, you've had more expensive <laughs> ones. <laughs> There's a difference. That's you know you got a point there. I mean, I look. I bought a Kasama when I had no business buying a Kasama. I bought a Kasama when I was three months into the hobby. What? Better helicopter means you can fly better, right? You know what? <sighs> it looks Until cool. It, it looks cool. They put one on my front porch, and I get to put it together and fly it myself. I don't think anyone has any business flying a Kasama, except maybe the guy who designed it. <laughs> Send the hate mail to Nick at rcheliation.com. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> these fly bars sit in the cold damp corners of your garage to rust or be sent to the junkyard for melting away for plank parts every day the number of fly barless units increases dramatically leaving fly bars to squander away into obscurity not to mention the fly bar paddles carbon plastic and all of those kbdd paddles hoping to fly another day It takes a little for you to become a special friend of the fly bar. For just 75 cents a day, you could save a fly bar somewhere across the nation. As a sponsor, you could exchange photos and letters from all the happy children currently flying their fly bar helis. So come on, 
pick up the phone. Call 1-800-SAVE-FLY-BAR. Thank you for your time and consideration. Save the fly bar now. Ooh, one more quick question. Sure. Busted up canopy or new canopy? Busted up canopy. That's a no-brainer, dude. Really? Absolutely. I can't do it. Really? God, isn't that horrible? That is. Yep. You're so vain. You probably think this podcast is about you. You're so vain. I think, no, 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 no. (laughs) It is so, uh, it it is not right. Look, here's what I'm here. And I have to replace it. I'll right. give it to someone. How about this? How about this? Ed and I started doing it. In fact, we did it today because I busted that brand new canopy that I got at uh, Othello up for the 600. Oh. And so, well, I, you know, it's not busted up too bad. It's got a couple rips in it and it's got, you know, where the, uh, where it attaches to the frame, the, the standoff, the little uh, yeah. grommet thing got pulled out. Ed and I started, he, he bought some fiberglass right and we just epoxy a couple layers of fiberglass on that let it dry ream yourself a new hole voila it's, it's got a it's got a it's got a big crack in it where it weakens where it makes it so it's all like jello trying to get it onto the canopy throw some of that fiberglass in there a little bit of epoxy next day good as new but see okay so uh, yeah i just can't do it you know, if it starts to get the little hairline cracks from just use, that doesn't bother me at all. I couldn't care about. And I think every single canopy I have ever owned to this day, I have dropped off the tailgate of my truck and <laughs> yeah. get the nose on. Yeah. I usually, I almost am at the point where I just take them out of the box and just smack them on the concrete really quick. Just to get it over with. To get it over with. But if they've been crashed and you can look at it and tell that it's been crashed, I cannot fly it. I know that is the dumbest thing ever, too. That but is I dumb. Can't do it. If I can't, you know, use a little bit of CA and mend it, then then I'll replace it. But if it's just like little cracks or little tears and a little bit of CA, I'll hold it back together just fine. I'm good to go. Well, you know, that kind of reminds me of something. Since we're on this canopy issue, Rob actually had a really good idea, and it's kind of along the same lines huh? as the fiberglass thing. His napkin trick. His napkin trick. One napkin little thin, one little thin layer of napkin. Wet it down. Let it dry. Put another one on, let it down. Eventually, you have a bond. See, that's where I draw the... I don't want to rebuild it. Canopies yeah. are not rebuildable for me. Yeah, if it's not going to hold its own shape to CA glue it, forget it. Yeah, if it, once it gets to the point for me, I'll, I'll fly the most busted up canopy as long as when I go to put it on, it, it's not like jello. You know what I mean? It just... You can't grasp it and push it. it. It's yeah. okay. Well, if you keep adding layers of fiberglass, you're going to end up with like a 10-pound canopy. Well, I just won't crash. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> or crash them so bad, okay. there's no way you're ever going to use it. Yeah, well, that's true, too. Kind of like uh, Mike Fortin's canopy. Ooh, that was bad. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. That had the consistency of a soft throw rug when it was done. <laughs> <laughs> you could have fluttered that in the wind and put it up on the <laughs> bench right. and, and busted it with a broom to get the dust out. A freshly cleaned washcloth. <laughs> so, now look, guys, you're gonna crash. You're gonna just, you're gonna, just, you know, we all do it, and um, that's the one thing that's probably gonna be the determining factor of whether or not you're gonna be able to stick it out in this hobby. 
if you can crash it and not let it bother you to the point where it drives you crazy, then you're going to make it. Yeah, don't be a Shirley about it. I hate that. Yeah, I hate and, it when and, people and, go out there and crash and start, you know, throwing stuff. Yes. And just being oh, big yeah. Nancy. Yeah. You know what? You better hope Put on your big girl panties, suck it up. Yep. And and, right. and here's another crash. thing that you should never, never do. Now, if you crash and you go to tell your buddies about it, it's okay to be dramatic and then just say, I'm such a dumbass. You guys can't believe what I just did. And then make fun of yourself or whatever. But don't start crying about, oh my God, this is going to cost so much because we all know that. Okay? Yes. We all understand that. If you can't accept it, then send your helicopters to Dan because I can't accept it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll crash them all. I'll I'll crash them all. (laughs) Well, can we do it by like region? So like I get some, you get some, and Nick gets some? No, I think I pretty much (laughs) want them all. Dick's feeling a little lonely out there. (laughs) I think I want them all. But I want oh, a nitro. <laughs> they would all be subpar to the gob. Oh. Hey, you said it. Duh! Like angels <laughs> in the background. <laughs> you can just hear them. Yeah. All right, guys. So, look. Digging in. It's going good. I don't really have the numbers yet because they every six weeks, I guess, I get a report. But been getting Six a l- weeks? Yeah. <laughs> That's odd. You told me two. Well, I get the report. I can tell you this. I can tell you how many have bought it directly from CD Baby. Oh, no. But I can't tell you until iTunes does their report every six weeks. Um, But I have been getting some excellent feedback, emails, people really enjoying it. Good stuff. The next episode should be popping up soon. Uh, Editing is essentially done. I just got to get it over to Nick so he can take a listen. Um... I'm excited about it, and uh, let me just say thanks for not sending us hate mail about it. <laughs> I was a little, a little worried I about did that. Have, I had one that I wanted to touch on real quick. Um, a gentleman by the name of Ed sent me um, sent me an email and said, great job in the first episode. Just an idea, though. Tech tips of the level you are delivering would be easier to understand in video format. I followed you just fine, but I have but have been in, involved with Helis for three years. Um, I, I completely understand. I guarantee you that if I could be sitting there and you, you could see the Italian in me flailing my arms and everything, <laughs> it would probably make a little bit more sense. <laughs> but uh, it's not going to happen right now. I can tell you that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> here's why. We don't like to suck at what we do. All right. Okay. That's, that's what it all comes down to. We're, our goal is to not put out anything that's just okay. Um, we pride ourselves in, in the quality, audio quality. And if we got into video, it's going to be the same thing. I, I don't know of anyone who is willing to send us the quality of video equipment that, that yeah. I would want personally yep. Yep. to do it. Wait, you don't have a green screen in your living room? Yes, exactly. No, and my what if if I drag out any more crap into this house, my wife is going to throw me out. <laughs> so, um, hey, you know, I, I agree with you. I I do agree that it would be a little bit better, but you know, we're not. I don't know. We love the audio thing that we're doing. Yeah, we'll, and, and we'll the, the, let me just add yeah. this. You explain, guys. We work 
diligently to create an, an audio production considering that we're amateurs at this and we don't have edu- we're not educated in this we work diligently to make sure that we do the best we can now that uh, let me preface that with video that's not ruled out but you know what we need to tackle one media at a time and if there comes a time that we can play with that um first of all time and like nick said the cost because we're not going to mess around with it we're not going to just go buy a 30 dollars video camera I mean, it would have to be, it would have to be quality stuff. And that's just cost prohibitive. It's plain and simple. But trust me, uh, we've thought about that. And um, I, I frankly, at some point would love to see something like that. Yeah. We're not ruling it out, but it won't be. Yeah. Don't um, look for it anytime soon. I can promise you that. No, we, we still have, uh, we still have have to dominate the uh, audio world. I think we are. We're pretty dang close to it. Yeah. I wanted yep, to, uh, since we're talking about emails, wanted to mention an email I got uh, from a guy named Robert. I mentioned a few shows back about the old, we were talking about Jake and how he's done so much work on our, uh, our webpage. Yay, me. And uh, <laughs> this, this guy, uh, Robert sent me a, a link to um it's it's uh i don't know i can't remember archive.org it's where you they they archive old web pages it has web page yeah they have our old web page now it's not in graphical format but you can still kind of see the flow of it and we're talking old version one stuff here too wow i just wanted to say you know thanks for robert for looking that up and uh he um you know and thanks for your service to the country he served in the marine corps and we here at the nation are huge supporters of anybody Absolutely. who chooses to to do that. That's a great service to the country, and we appreciate that. And thank you, Robert. I'm still getting quite a few emails. I'm kind of looking through here. Um, I'm looking through some of the some of the photos for the submissions. My gosh, you guys keep those coming. Those are fantastic. Um, also to the Skype page or the uh, Skype page, <laughs> the Facebook page. I want to get, I don't know why, but I want to be, I want to get our likes above HeliPros and we're dang close. So if you know anybody that doesn't like us, drive to their house, log on to their computer. <laughs> if they don't have a Facebook account, make one for them and sign them up and just Push that little like button. Tell all your friends. That's a, it's a great way to get get the word out about the show. Yep, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's just fun, you know. I know some some of you guys out there <laughs> think we have evil intent, but we uh, we're, we're taking not, over the world. Yeah. We're not smart enough to figure out the evil side of Facebook. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You think by the time we get done doing this and recording and editing that that I want to spend my spare time looking up your crap, and your life? <laughs> yeah. so, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just just I not got in the stick cards. Time I want to put in. And uh, again, the Facebook or the web page, guys, going along. Um, check it out. We got the show support form there. Awesome little way to keep in touch with us. Don't be don't be afraid to to say hi on the Facebook page. Don't be afraid to send us an email. And if you wanted to do that, you could send me an email at dan at rchelynation You can also reach me on most all the forums at dan k reed. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You would definitely shoot me an email at nick at rchelynation.com or you can catch me on all the forums as NWM Tech. 
And Jake, how would I send you an email? Send me an email or a message? Whichever one you'll oh. answer. Oh, oh, an email you can send to jake at rchillynation.com. Uh, catch me on the site Instant Messenger. Or if you're really bored, you can get some phosphorescent paint and try to do some skywriting or something in the clouds and write me a message in the middle of the night. I won't see it because I'm asleep, but that's fun. Rob's were always better. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you got to try once in a while. <laughs> it's a good I'll, reminder. I just wanted to Rob's also, always better. <laughs> guys, I want to give you kind of a heads up too. I've been talking with Rob a um, little bit here and there. He's doing all right. I've had a few emails uh, wondering how he's doing. Don't be afraid to send him an email. Uh, you can still do that at rob at rcalienation.com. And, um, you know, just say hi. He's back to flying. Life's starting to get a little bit of normalcy. So good good for you, Rob. We're always thinking about you, brother. Well, that's about it, guys. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week, and we will see you next Monday. Bye-bye, everybody. Oh, we suck again. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. Mm-hmm.